With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Klausi boy, we have the French Grand Prix. Jim Appel called upon us here. We're going to get you ready for that French Grand Prix coming up this weekend. So, I need not... Klaus, come up. No, no, no. We need to set the mood. Let's set the mood first. Ooh, that's nice. Hey, garçon. Garçon. Bring me another uh, a French thing. Yeah. Hurry up now. Chowder. Chowder. Say it, Frenchie. Oh, my Lord. There's just a woman uh, with a baguette frolicking down on a Vespa. Oh. Uh, Garçon, please bring me a crepe. Nutella crepe, please. Oh, wee, wee, wee. But now enough digging around. That's some really nice music, by the way, Klaus. Good selection here at the cafe. Outside, the Piff International Racing Circuit. Oh, and it's a big show for you today. An absolute banger, but we need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that spent his day today eating escargot in the gardens of Versailles before harassing the dancers of the Moulin Rouge while trying to French them all? Slip in the tongue? And he's about to slip you the tongue. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. Woo! That is right, even with the husky, sexy, deep voice. Ladies and gentlemen, grab on tight because it is your main squeeze. Cody, a.k.a. the Cordopotamus here. And the Pimp International Racing Circuit. I just walked in from the cafe. Oh, very nice experience indeed. Thank you, Klaus, for setting that one up. But we are here at the Pimp International Racing Circuit. I am trackside next to the Olympic-size pool, infinity pool, of course. And because that sun is out, 
Oh, and it's gorgeous weather every single day. Not too hot. Sorry, my UK fans. It's not too hot here. It's just perfect. Bellissimo. And I am butt naked, as I often am. Oiled up from head to tippity-tippity-toe. And I'm getting a nice brown going here, this Gordopotamus. Oh, that skin is getting real leathery and gold and brown today. Woo! Feeling very, very good. As I look out over the 67-mile-long circuit, we have 103-year-old Doris. She's on all fours just where she feels comfortable. Looking for my Fermi. I've lost it again. Yes, I know, I know. But I'm asking each and every one of you, all 36 million minimum in this arena today. Please look under your chairs, look around you, turn to the person to your left and the person to, my, to your right. And if you happen to find my Fermi, oh, oh, oh baby, if you find my Fermi, you just park it on up in there as it is the Parking in My Fermi show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the entire world, according to my mum. And she's never wrong. We've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, live triangles. Ooh, la la. Wee, wee, wee. Episode 172, coming at you hard and fast, but don't be soft and slow. If you've missed out on the previous 171, you can go to the greatest website ever created to download all of them. That's parkingtomyfermate.com. Oh, ho, 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 baby, you don't want to miss out on that. Or better yet, to make sure you don't miss out on it, you see that subscribe and follow button on your podcast listening device? Well, how about give that a light, gentle spanking like it was a long-lost lover? That way you get to be the first in the world to hear this. My sexy, soothing, smooth sounds three times a week, and there ain't no dancing. About getting down and dirty in the slot, rolling around with the Cordopotamus three times a week. No, sir. No, 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 no. Well, what the hell are we going to talk about today? How about we talk about why the French Grand Prix sucks more than Kelly PK when she finds out your bank account balance? We're going to be talking about Sloppy Oki, Esteban Ockham versus Pierre Gasly. Who's better? And the top five drivers of all time from France, as well as the Constructors versus Drivers Championship points debate again. And another Crofty's Love Files. Oh my look, what a banger we have for you today. Woo! So grab yourself a complimentary double Midori on ice. Doris is handing them out. Change it to something a little more comfortable. May I suggest a pimp embroidered silk robe from one of the 53 merch stores around here. Use code podcast exclusive 5 for 5% off with your free worldwide shipping if you do go to the website link in description. But more importantly, how about you all just shut the fuck up? No, no, no. Shut up. What, are you talking back to me? You talking back? You, you mother flippers. Just calm down. We're all on the same page. We want to start talking French shit. Yeah? Alright. So just relax. Sit back. And enjoy the show. That's checkered flag, Mick. P6. Well done. Excellent race. You did it all. Yeah, boys. Yeah. <laughs> PTW and PTW. Oh, we're on a streak here, boys. Yeah, Double you're on points a roll. two times in a row. Awesome job. Thank you, team. Hi, Mick. I hope you can hear me today. Great job. Make sure you like the socials at Park It in My Ferme on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. Oh, that is exactly what you need to do. Don't dilly-dally like your homegirl Sally from the Valley. Go ahead and like those socials straight away. If you do it, you'll get five years good luck. But if you don't do it, 
seven years bad luck, and that's a bad investment. Just go and like him. Just do it. Right? God, what is going on with my voice? <coughs> oh, man. You know when the voices feel like this, we just need to warm it up. We need to lubricate. Oh, how about a... Oh, how about a little bit of a song to get it uh, to get it going? Yeah. today baby give us a little bit of a french cafe accordion romantic style music please oh oh that's what i'm talking about oh that is what i'm talking about and speaking of friends we've got to start talking about the french grand prix it's coming up this weekend i'll go through my main predictions the lock of the week the bold predictions all of that jazz shortly in the next episode so make sure you subscribe if you haven't already today though we're going to talk about a couple other things I'm going to talk about why the Paul Ricard circuit just sucks. It just fucking sucks. The French Grand Prix, the Paul Ricard circuit, why do we hate it? Why is it the circuit we can't stand? A circuit we wish we could just fuck off right now. And is about as welcoming as a fart in an elevator. Or as welcoming as Ted Kravitz on the microphone when a team radio message is coming through. Two seconds, Ted. Two secs. Two seconds, Ted. Shut, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, Ted. Two seconds. 
Ted, two seconds, Ted, two seconds. But the French Grand Prix needs to get fucked. Like a 40-year-old virgin, it just needs to get fucked. And fucked right off. Why do I hate it? I mean, it's not like it's the Spanish Grand Prix. The Circuit de Catalunya Barcelona. No, Circuit de Barcelona, whatever the fuck it's called. The French have produced some great Formula One drivers over the years. And I'll be going through them a little bit later on. So it isn't a case of a nation with no F1 pedigree holding on to a track for no reason. Sure, they haven't had the world title holder since 1993 with Alan Prost winning his fourth world title. But that's more recent than Brazil. More recent than Australia, Canada, Belgium, Monaco, so on and so forth. And we go to those tracks on a yearly basis. France has produced 14 Grand Prix winners. They've won 79 races as a nation. Sure, 51 of those goes to the four-time world champ, but it's still a lot. So we can't make the argument like we did with Spain, where it's got two notable F1 drivers and one has won one race and the other two championships and that's it. Okay, is the Paul Ricard circuit, does it have an issue with overtaking? Well, last year it had 60 overtakes. In 2019, the race prior to to last year's, they had 29 overtakes. And in 2018, they had 52 overtakes. Averaging 47 overtakes per race. 141 overtakes in three Grand Prix. Averaging 47, that's not bad at all. Much higher than a lot of other circuits on the calendar, so why is a track one of the most hated on the circuit? Why do fans hate the fact that we are racing there? I mean, is it a case of the trophy? The giant gorilla holding a Pirelli tire above its head. That is the trophy awarded to the winner of the Grand Prix. The Harambe Trophy is what I like to call it. Where at Monaco, you're awarded a the track layout as a trophy in a Louis Vuitton suitcase display case and that goes to the podium winners France is offering a fucking monkey Imola offers you a track layout design as well with a diamond right at the point where Ericsson tragically lost his life the French GP said let's give them a fucking monkey some like it some like the fucking monkey and that isn't my main gripe with the French Grand Prix either I think the biggest concern is the track itself. It's not very visually pleasing. It's proven it can get some overtaking, but they aren't meaningful battles with the overtakes. It's all just like, oh yeah, yeah, you got me, mate. You got me, I pass you, you get me back. No one wins, no one loses, yeah. It's that kind of thing. With huge runoff areas, there's no risk factor to the drivers. There's no gravel traps. There's no walls where you're exceeding track limits. And those track limit areas, you're not met with a race-ending incident if you exceed them. All you're getting is a bunch of fucking warnings and a little slap on the wrist. You think the last race in Austria had a lot of track limit issues? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. We are going to get track limit warnings and five-second penalties all weekend long. And without the risk of a race-ending incident, without the risk of getting bogged down in the gravel or hitting a wall, Drivers aren't going to back out and it's going to be both drivers going into a hairpin, one runs wide, five second penalty, bitching on the radio, Bob's your uncle, that's what's going to happen every single lap. But the biggest fucking issue, the greatest problem with the French Grand Prix and the Paul Ricard circuit is that fucking visuals. The blue lines around the track 
with that weird grippy surface that's meant to slow people down, work like sandpaper and rip up the tyres. It's hideous and a fucking nightmare to look at. You'll get a migraine watching the race and because of that, your bad mood and headache will always be associated with the French Grand Prix. Another thing that hurts the track rather than helps it is the winners themselves. Hamilton won in 2018 and 2019. Max won in 2021. There's no surprises whatsoever. The drivers in the best cars for all those years won there. The fastest drivers win. Another high-powered circuit, Monza. And the last two years, they've given us surprises. We love going to Monza. Pierre Gasly won in 2020. Daniel Ricciardo won there in 2021. Neither driver had any business winning those races whatsoever. But alas, they did. And they've been spectacular. They were great because the unexpected happened. I'm expecting Max Verstappen or Charles Leclerc to get a win here with ease. No surprises. Don't kid yourself and actually think that Mercedes are going to win it. But if there are some surprises here at the French Grand Prix, then at least then we can say you've put on a good race. And we won't hate the fact that you're most likely going to be coming back next season and a place like Spa misses out. But what do you guys think? Let me know on the socials at Park in My Ferme on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But now it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, I'm so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, I am a stat man. And we've got some gorgeous stats for you today. A little three-parter. Three lots of banging stats. We're going to start off with the most races without a podium in Formula One for the constructors. Little cheeky top 10, because we've got a current constructor on that list. They've moved up to second on that list all time. So we're going to start out number 10, AGS with 47 races. Zach Speed, 53. Caterham, 56. HRT, 56. Marussia, 73. ATS, 89. Ensign. 99 races without a podium. And the top three, Osella, 132 races without a podium. Then it's Haas. Haas have the second most amount of races without a podium with 133. And Minardi, we know they were tragic in Formula One. They've got a monster 340 races in Formula One without a podium finish. Oh my lord. That's not all. Let's break down the last 50 races in Formula 1 and look at the list of the winners of those last 50 races. Because we've got Carlos Sainz, Big Dick Danny Rick, Pierre Gasly and Sloppy Oki, Esteban Ocon, all with one win. Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc and Valtteri Bottas all have three. But then it's two ahead of everyone else. Max Verstappen has 18 wins of the last 50 races. Lewis Hamilton, 19. Oh, you want another stat? Oh, you're thirsty for more? Oh, come on. Come on over. Suckle that cool teats. Get that, ooh, steady goodness. 
because we're going to be looking at the most Grand Prix in Formula One history. And the reason I bring this up is we've got one person reaching a milestone this weekend. But at number 10, we got Yano Trulli, 256. Ricardo Patrizzi, 257. Felipe Massa, 271. Sebastian Vettel, 289. And Sir Lewis Hamilton is currently on 299. This weekend in France, he will reach his 300th Grand Prix. Michael Schumacher ahead of him on 308. These are the five that are over 300. Jensen Button, 309. Rubens Barrichello, 326. Number two on the list, Fernando Alonso, 347. And he's only six behind the Iceman cometh, Kimi Raikkonen on 353. So Fernando Alonso is going to, by the end of the season, have the most races run Grand Prix history. How's that? For your stat of the week. He's a stat, man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat, man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Esteban Ocon versus Pierre Gasly. Sloppy Oki versus Pierre. Who's better? Who's better? Think about it right now. Who do you think is better out of those two drivers? The two Frenchmen going head to head this weekend. Who's better? It's as simple as that. That's what we're going to talk about right now. We have the French Grand Prix coming up. Paul Ricard circuit. That toilet of a track is coming up. We need to discuss who is the better Frenchman. When you start breaking it down, the numbers are actually quite similar. Let's look at the head-to-head stats first of all. Pierre Gasly, he started in 2017. 97 races to his name, 325 points, three podiums, and one win. One amazing win. What did we just do? What did we just do? Then there's Sloppy Oki. Esteban Ocon, 100 races. Started in 2016. 324 points, two podiums, and one amazing win. Because Alonso defended like a fucking lion. They are basically even. Ocon started a year earlier, but then had a year off and was the reserve driver for Mercedes. Both raced around the same amount. Same amount of races, 100 races versus 97 races. One point separates the two of them. One podium separates the two of them, and both of them have one win. Amazing that the two French drivers are so evenly matched. So when looking at who's had a better career so far, it's like splitting hairs at the moment. I think the slight edge actually goes to Pierre Gasly because of what he's been doing in an Alpha Tauri when there were at least four teams, essentially eight cars on the track better than him at any one time, and he still managed to get a fucking win in 2020. That's where the edge is. But lately, Esteban Ocon has been better. He's hitting that form nicely. Alpine 
are in a better position than AlphaTauri and Gasly's career is going backwards, where sloppy Oki seems to be moving on an upwards trajectory. So we need to look who now is in a better position. Well, that's easy. I mean, both have signed on for next year, so that's always your first sign then and there, but AlphaTauri seem to be limited to where Gasly can go in Formula 1. Assist the team to Red Bull. He isn't going to be getting a spot back up in the main team anytime soon with Perez getting a contract extension and Max Verstappen doing Max Verstappen things. And if he wants to push through to the top tier of drivers on the grid, he needs to make a lateral move to another team. There just aren't any spots available. Ferrari and Mercedes are all sorted and Alpine are looking great at the moment. They create their own engines. They are fucking quick in a straight line and look to be the next one up in terms of the best of the rest cars to challenge the top of the grid. McLaren don't look like they've got their shit together. They took a big, 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 big step backwards this season, whereas Alpine, although a little bit of a struggle at first, seem to be looking dangerous at the moment. I think looking at who you'd rather be at the moment, you've got to pick Esteban Ockham. P.S. Have you seen his missus? Have you seen his girlfriend, his main squeeze? She is fucking scrumptious. Wouldn't mind splitting some Bordeaux in the chateau with that petite delicacy. <laughs> I mean, Gasly does have his little Japanese schoolboy to play with, so not all hope is lost there. But let's have a look at the Cheeky Caldy's Top 5. Klaus, wake up! Caldy's Top 5. To see where these lads rank all time amongst the French drivers in Formula 1. The number one spot is obvious. And we know that's all locked away, but can Gasly or Sloppy Hockey make the list? Well, let's time, let's dive in. Cody's top five. Well, they can't because I'm going to give honourable mentions to the current day gladiators, Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon, but they aren't on this list yet. I think they could be. I think Ocon especially could be. If Alpine keep improving, they can start, you know, being pestering those top teams, get a couple of cheeky wins in, a couple of good results. I don't know. I think it could happen. I think Gasly's time has passed. Also, Roman Grosjean, or we'll mention him. The man literally can walk through fire. You've got to love him. The Phoenix. Roman Grosjean, but let's dive straight in. Cody's top five. At number five, Jean-Pierre Jaboulier. Two wins to his name, if you don't mind. Number four. Cody's top five. Didier Peroni. Three race wins to his name, also named after a fucking beer, if you don't mind. I could go a couple of Peronis right now. Number three. Cody's top five. Jacques Lafitte. Six race wins to his name. Number two. Cody's top five. René Arnaud. Seven wins, 22 podiums, 18 pole positions. Very good driver for Renault and Ferrari in the 80s. I mean, France drivers, the French drivers in the 80s, there were a lot of them. If you look at a list of all French drivers in Formula 1, the 80s are where they shone brightly. They looked really good. And obviously, number one. Cody's top five. Alan Prost. 51 wins. Four world championships. It's not even close. He's number one on this list. No debating it whatsoever. But what do you guys think? Did I get the list right? Let me know on the socials. at Parker my family on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And Klaus... Oh, I've been loving this music. I've been loving this music. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I'm going to go get myself a nice little champagne 
to tie me over. My throat is a little bit tickly. Please keep the people entertained. I'll be back in a second. For generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. Oh, baby, baby. Woo! What a first half that was. We talked about why the French Grand Prix sucks, and honestly, I could talk for another hour on that. It is fucking atrocious. Esteban Ocken. Sloppy Oki versus Pierre Gasly. Who's better at the moment? We broke that down and I told you why Sloppy Oki is. But we've got a big second half. We're going to be talking about the Constructors versus Drivers Championship as well as a five-star review coming in and Crofty's Love Files as well. Woo! You don't want to go anywhere. But you really don't want to go anywhere and make sure you subscribe and follow through your podcast listening device because coming up next episode... Well, that's where I go through the bold predictions and the lock of the week as we preview everything France at the French Grand Prix. Klaus, I'm rambling. Fade me out, baby. Fade me out. Yeah. So, Michael, can I just confirm we can overtake on off the track if we're going around the outside of another car, yeah? No, you can't overtake off the track. Well, that's what Raikkonen has just done. I understand. So, so it's okay? No, it's not okay. Make sure you like the socials at Park It in My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There are many, many confusing things in life. Algebra, the opposite sex, or the first time you saw Heath Williams shirtless in a high school locker room, am I right? But none of that is as confusing as the prize money structure for the constructors in Formula One. No, 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 no. You see, the TV commentary, the media, and the fans, and of course the drivers, all focus on the drivers' championship. That's where the prestige and the kudos is given. We celebrate Michael Schumacher's seven world titles, Hamilton's seven titles, Senna's three, Vettel's four, and so on and so forth. We don't celebrate Ferrari 16, Williams 9 titles, Coopers 2. No, 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 no. Despite being such a team event, the focus is on the individual. It's like the Tour de France. We don't remember or celebrate the teams and all the other riders that get the winners there. We only celebrate the individuals that won, the Lance Armstrongs. So the question remains, would a team rather win a Constructors title or the Drivers' World Championship? If that doesn't sound like our fucking pros and cons, <laughs> I don't know what does. Let's go. Pros and cons, pros and cons. What does that even stand for? Is it prostitutes and convicts? I don't know, but we go on. Look out. Here are the pros and cons. That's exactly right. Prostitutes and convicts. Pros and cons. Let's get through it. At first, I thought it was easy. Very obvious choice. Surely the teams want to win the Constructors' Championship, right? Formula One is an expensive sport. They want to get the cash prize that comes with it. I mean, look at how much merchandise costs alone. They clearly need that money, otherwise they wouldn't be charging $160 for a t-shirt. But how much do they actually get? 
how was the prize money allocated and what backwards, batshit, crazy system do they have? Surely the team that finishes first gets the most and the team that finishes last gets the least. Well, right? Right? Wrong. The last breakdown I saw was from 2019. So let's look at the finishing order in the constructors' standings for the 2018 season. It is 10th place was Williams, Toro Rosso 9, Sauber 8, Racing Point 7, McLaren was 6th, Haas were 5th. That's a little blast from the past. Renault was 4th, Red Bull 3rd, Ferrari when they were good. 2nd, Mercedes won it, of course. So just for completing a season in Formula 1 in that year, all the teams received 35 million. Not bad. A nice little participation trophy, if you ask me. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a ribbon. Then there's this little sliding scale payment based on where the teams finished. It was 66 million for first, 56 million for second, 46 million for third. And that kind of makes sense. No issue there. I don't have any problem with it so far. This is where it gets a little bullshitty. The top four then get a Constructors' Championship bonus of $41 million for first and second, $36 million for third, and $33 million for fourth place. Then Mercedes and Rob Bull get a further $35 million each as a bonus, and Williams an extra $10 million. And Ferrari gets $73 million as a long-standing team bonus. So yeah, it's uh, split pretty evenly, yeah? What the fuck was that? It's like they closed their eyes and threw darts at a dartboard to determine who gets what. The team that finishes 10th was paid the 7th most. McLaren finished 6th and got paid the 4th most. So the Constructors' Championship is pretty fucked. But what isn't is the amount of cash teams can get. So, if we look at just the position prize money, then we can see that the difference between first and second place is roughly 10 million in prize money. So it really does come down to, what do you want more? Do you want that prize money? Where you finishing the constructors? I'm gonna make the counter argument that if your driver wins a driver's world championship, you remember that one more. That driver also gets you more money in endorsements, more money in sponsorship, more eyes on your product. That's what you want. There's a reason why Seb Vettel can rattle off every World Drivers' Championship. Teams aren't here rattling off the teams, are they? We're not all sitting back going, oh, what constructors won every year? No, we're talking about the individual driver. We celebrate the individual driver's accolades. That's all we care about. But what do you guys think? Do they need to switch up that driver, constructors' points and, and a cash reward system? I think they do. I think it's truly fucked, to be perfectly honest. Let me know on the socials. At Parker in my firm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You listen to the show. You give it five stars. You go to Apple Podcasts and you give it five stars. What are you waiting for? 
give it five, give it five, not four, not six, but give it five. And I'll read your review out on the show, no matter what you say, I just want you to know, give it five stars, give it five stars, give it five stars, and I will read it out. five stars and i will read at your review no matter what you say slide into your dms like every day five stars i sound like an angel can you tell i made this whole thing up for five stars oh god a sound like an angel and it explains what you need to do in the song right there you go to apple Podcasts, you go to itunes you leave a five-star review you write whatever you want it could be your grocery list you could be telling your mum you love them it could be breaking up with your your husband you just go there you leave five stars you can tell me i suck but as long as it's five stars i'll read it out oh baby i'll read it out on the show it'll be a part of the show forever and we've got one person that went and did that they call themselves the real boss baby they went over to Apple Podcasts. They left this review here, five stars. They said, love the show. Love the real boss baby. Oh, 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 baby. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a five-star review. Write whatever you want. It gets read out. Woo. I'm fired up. Klaus, you fired up? Yeah, I'm super fired up. Klaus, shut the fuck up. Well, it looks like Crofty's got a bit randy as he's headed over to Jeddah for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Will he ever find his love, Dixie Normus, again? Find out on this episode of Crofty's Love Files. I was sitting back in my hotel room in Jeddah, getting ready for the biggest race of the year. The title could be decided and I was rock hard in anticipation. I look out my room and contemplate the year so far as I drink one of the finest double Midoris on ice that I've ever had. The women, Fluffy Cookie, Wilma Fingerdo, Anita Dick and me. The list was endless, but there was one that stood out. One that made me feel like a V10 roaring down the pit straits. Her name? Dixie Normus. Ah, Dixie. She had more turns than Jeddah Street Circuit, and just like the circuit itself, I'm hoping she too can be freshly laid in my hotel room. You see, rumour has it she was here this weekend, and I wouldn't mind hitting the rev limiter in her pit entry, if you know what I mean. I look out my hotel towards the circuit, thinking... Where would my beauty be hiding tonight? There was a knock at the door. Housekeeping? The female voice from behind the door declared. I placed my drink down and made my way to the door. Cautious, of course, as I'd only just checked in. I opened the door and this beautiful maid walked into the room. She was stunning. Breasts so full and bountiful that it would make my front wings stiffen up more than anything else. 
I looked her up and down like I was Sebastian Vettel inspecting the other cars. There wasn't one inch, one patch of skin on her beautiful body that I didn't want to inspect closely. Just to see if it was FIA regulated, of course. I can't believe it's actually you, she said. Who did you think it was going to be? It's the biggest race of the year. They need the man that works wonders with his mouth to call the action. I replied. Oh my. David Croft. Could you show me some of the wonders you can perform with your mouth? (laughs) She said as she ran her finger along her frilly made outfit. From her neckline down to her cleavage. My eyes continued down to her short dress and long legs that resembled the Malaysian circuit. Those two straights. Oh my. Well, I'm here to make sure this place is to your liking, Mr. Croft, and to give you a message. There are some men downstairs, you see. It looks like Karun Chandok's posse. They're here to stop you from calling the Grand Prix. They feel it's time Karun got a chance. The maid said as she bent over to straighten the bed sheets, practically opening up her rear wing for me, and I wouldn't want to disrespect the great Ayrton Centre and not go for this gap now, would I? Oh. Thanks for telling me, but I'm a big boy. I can handle myself, I told her while pulling a pistol out of the drawer next to me. Oh, I was expecting it to be a bit bigger than that, the maid said. Trust me, dollface. This can get whatever job you need done quick smart. Everybody will be satisfied. Suddenly, I caught the reflection of the hallway from the mirror above the maid's head. I could see a small group of men positioning themselves outside the door. It looked like an experienced pit crew were getting ready to change my tyres. They burst into the room and start charging at me. I start firing and take them out. One by one, there was only one guy left standing. I went to pull the trigger. Oh no, I'm out of ammo. I threw my gun as hard as I can, knocked him out, hit him right in the head. The maid, relieved, runs to my arm and embraces me. He went down quickly, I said while holding her. Oh, well, that's one thing he and I have in common. She said. I smiled and made my way over to the door. I closed it. I turned the lights off. I guess it's lights out. And away we go. He didn't find Dixie Normus, but he found himself a little something something. Will Crofty be distracted and not call the big race? Or will he finally find his long lost lover? Find out next time on Crofty's Love Files. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode 172. I've done 172 of these things. Woo. 
Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you've missed out on any of the previous episodes, head on over to parkitinmyfermate.com. Pick yourself up something nice from the merch store. Use code podcast exclusive five for five percent off with your free worldwide shipping. What are your thoughts now? Wow. <sighs> but if that's not enough, if five percent off is not enough for you, oh, you need to sign up at Get access to the Legends Lounge. Join the Legends Club members. You can see them up there in the skybox. They get 25% off their name read out in every single episode as well as in the podcast description as well. Woo! Just go jump in the link below. And know that any money I get through the Legends Lounge, I always funnel back into the show to make it bigger, better, stronger than ever. Make sure you subscribe and follow you don't want to miss out on the episodes coming up we're going to break down everything that's going to be going down at the French Grand Prix in the next episode so make sure you hit that subscribe and follow button but muffins cherubs legends we're nearly done we're going to thank Austin Alex Anthony Caleb Clint John and Taylor up there in the Legends Lounge you guys are the true heroes you guys are the greatest people alive but my legends my cherubs my muffins as always thanks for listening Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.